Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for giving us health and strength. Thank you for the peace that surpass all understanding. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for all that you do. Pray that as this word goes forth, it will do exactly what you said, not return void, and that the lives of those who walk with you will continue to trust in you, walk with your will, and nothing else. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's been a interesting couple of years since we've, uh, well, at least going on a couple of years since we've dealt with the closing of many church institutions, the world shutting down, and just different things happening that's never happened in the history of time before on a worldly scale. And uh, it's it's really been, you know, quite, quite interesting. One of the things that's been very interesting to me is one, I, you know, before 2020, I was sharing a lot of things social media wise and even in person regarding the Bible and the truths that are written in there. You know, I was working in a church uh, sharing different uh, statements and verses and short sermons and dealing with the youth and things like that. But more recently, um, I've I've been I've I've encountered uh, people who have told me that how I share the word of God when I re- repeat what Christ has said that. I'm not actually speaking from love. They say Christ would have said what you said, even though it's written in the Bible, or they would say he didn't say it the way you said it. And I've always, when I hear this, has been challenged with the question is, what does it mean that Christ preached in love? He spoke in love. And I've, I've haven't had... Um, oddly enough, one person to come forth and tell me exactly what that means. I've received ideas and different, um, you know, perspectives or, you know, their thoughts about what they believe Christ preached in love means, but no one has ever, um, to this day have been able to show me in scripture. What does that mean? So, and you know, what kind of led me into this message today um, was that I, you know, had these thoughts that came to my head about how Jesus interacted with the Pharisees and how, you know, the Pharisees were uh, considered the, the wise people who ruled over the people of God before uh, Christ came on the scene. And, you know, he never really talked to them in a way that was if you if you if you will uh nicely um he said things to them that was often very offensive and it was um, not something they wanted to hear this is why it's recorded in the bible how you know they sought to kill him they said that jesus was demon possessed you know they really had an utter dislike for christ the pharisees 
And it, it ultimately came down to the things that he said. And of course, I shared some biblical truths regarding uh, same-sex marriage. You know, they have passed in Congress that, you know, basically same-sex marriage is good to go. Trying to make sure that no one um, thinks that they're not supporting same-sex marriage. And this has happened, I want to say, was two days ago. So, you know, I, I share that uh, according to the Bible, same-sex marriage is not actually marriage. It's not recognized in God's eyes. It is an abomination. It is something that God hates. So if it's something that he hates and he does not recognize, then actually it's not marriage. It's not what people may think it is. And while it is very supported in many uh, church institutions around the world, uh, it's it's a challenge for people to accept the fact that this type of lifestyle is what Christ talked about in Revelation would end up in the lake of fire. And in these times and in this season that's going on, the Bible clearly tells us uh, that we are living in the season where many people will be offended. Many people don't want to hear the truth. And this is what Christ said what was going to happen. And he wasn't distinctive or had any particular group that he was talking about. He said people in general will be offended. So that means church people, that means, uh, you know, preachers, that means politicians. They said they will be offended. That was one of the key things that Christ pointed out when the disciples asked him, what will be the sign of the end of the age and your coming? What will be the things that will take place? And when we don't recognize this, we... Sometimes, and I even for myself have, uh, sometimes I struggle with it because I, I'm i not a person that walks around looking to offend anybody. That's not my, that's not who I am. That's who I used to be because I was a self-righteous, self-centered individual. I had no humility, but through the course of trials and tribulations and seeing the purpose that God had have on my life, I was able to accept the fact that I'm supposed to be humble, that's the only way to uh, really be a child of God, really able to walk in the purpose that God has on my life. There's no other way to do it. I mean, even Paul said, you know, uh, we have to walk as Christ did. And Christ, Bible says that he was obedient even unto death. And he didn't have to be obedient to death. But it was a decision that he made out of humility. He didn't want to go to the cross, but he did. But before he went, he offended a lot of people. And he did this through love. He did this through compassion. So, unfortunately, there's a misunderstanding from a lot of people who obviously go to church and those who don't go to church, who heard about Jesus and Jesus being uh, a person of love. When you come out and tell someone what the Bible says about something that they believe 
or support that is not um, righteous in the word of God, then you looked at as someone who is hateful. But here's the thing. Jesus did preach love. Absolutely. You know, in Mark chapter six, Jesus was talking to uh, his disciples who had been out and they did things and they were teaching and they told Jesus about it. And Jesus told them, all right, time to take a break because there were so many people uh, that were coming and going that they didn't even have time to eat. And in verse 32, the Bible tells us there was a multitude who saw them departing. And many knew him, we're talking about Jesus, and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like a sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus saw this multitude, this mass crowd of people who came after him, he said that they look like people who are basically dumb because sheep are dumb. They have no sense of direction. That's why they have a shepherd. He said, but they, they were dumb and all over the place and they had no one guiding them. And because of that, even after he told his disciples to go ahead and take a break, he himself began to teach them many things. Now, it doesn't say here in the Bible what he actually taught in this one setting. But when you go back and you look at the teachings of Jesus Christ, you will find that whoever he spoke to when it came to teaching or standing up for what he is, what he was called to do, his divine purpose, he told people things that wasn't customary, that wasn't nice. He preached love, and the love that he preached, the compassion that he had, was simply telling people this, that if you don't turn, if you don't change, if you don't obey, if you don't do what is right, you will not spend eternity in heaven. That's what he said. He's told several parables, several stories about what happens to people who they knew who the master was. They knew who uh, the, the king, the owner of the house, the owner of the field. They knew the these individuals who were in charge. And yet because of disobedience or a heart for the world or a love for the things of this world, they missed the opportunity to go to heaven. Now, I was told not too long ago that the way we ought to approach people um, who are not of the faith is that we simply just show them love. We don't tell them anything about their, uh, their sins or anything like that. We just basically love on them, you hug them, and you be nice to them, but you don't tell them anything. And you try to just keep hugging them and you and showing this this compassion to one day, maybe the door will open up and you can tell them, hey, you know that way you're living? It's not accepted in heaven. 
or, you know, the things that you are constantly doing, God says you need to repent and turn from. Now, I want to tell you that this is not love. This is not love in any way, shape, fashion, or form. And here's the reason why. Jesus never dated a single person in the Bible and waited to break the bad news to them. He didn't wait till the moment was right to tell the woman by the well that she had five husbands and the one she was with wasn't hers. He didn't wait or delay the opportunity to tell the woman who was caught in the act of adultery to go and sin no more. Jesus was direct. He was precise and he spoke truth without trying to wait on to see if you were okay with how you felt about him before he told you the truth. I could imagine how many people are still walking in condemnation today or have died in condemnation because someone was waiting on the right moment to tell them what they were doing isn't accepted into the, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus taught with love and compassion, but he gave them clear cut examples. He taught us, he showed us through his teachings what love really means. And the Bible says that when he, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he told him, he said, I am in John chapter 15, verse one, he said, I am the true vine and my father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he pruneth, that it may bring forth more fruit. Why would he do that? Why would he prune you? Why would he take you through that process of cutting things off, sh shredding things from around you? That's love. He said, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you in verse 3. And in verse four, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus Christ is telling his disciples that in order for them to be fruitful. So they are not taken away and basically done away with, destroyed. They would have to stay in his word. That is the only way to abide in Jesus Christ. Not how they feel, not how they think, not how they perceive it to be, but they have to stay in it, accept it for what it is and walk in it completely. And you skip down to verse eight, he says, uh, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. And then he goes on to say in verse nine, as the father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you will also abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Now, Jesus Christ is telling them in order for them to have his joy. And it remains in them and, they, and that their joy may be full. They have to keep his commandments. 
And to keep his commandments means that we are remaining in the love of God. We are being obedient. He said, this is my command that you love one another as I have loved you. Well, how did Christ love his disciples? He told them the truth. And not only did he tell them the truth, but he spoke the truth to those who were not of the ministry or the faith or the church at that time. Again, the woman by the well, she was a Samaritan. She was not even part of the Jewish religion or the faith or the culture. She was completely outside. And yet out of love, he told her, you're living a life that is not pleasing to God. And I love verse 13. He says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now, Jesus Christ obviously exemplifies this during his ministry when he went to the cross. He laid down his life for his disciples and obviously for the entire world. But he's telling us that what is actually love? Love is sacrifice. That's what it is. It's doing away with how you feel and how someone else feels about the sin that's happening, the things that are not pleasing to God and speaking absolute truth. He says, if you truly love someone, then you will lay down your life. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave that he sacrificed his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Love is a sacrifice. I hear people tell me quite often that because I say the things that uh, Christ said, but not so much in a manner which he said, which like I said, I haven't been able to have anyone explain that to me or what they mean by that. But that's, that obviously is the world's way of seeing things. But they, they tell me that because I say the way I say it, people are offended. Well, Jesus Christ said they will be in the last days. They will be offended. But I remember the Bible telling us that uh, the wounds of a friend are faithful. The people who are truly your friend are going to tell you some things that's going to hurt your feelings. Because at the end of the day, they're not concerned about your feelings. They're more concerned about your soul. And the Bible clearly tells us that the word of God is a sword. It's not a pillow. It's not a, 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 a wonderful favorite dessert. It is a sword. It is made to offend because if it doesn't offend, then it cannot cut away those things that will not be entering in the kingdom of heaven. This is what love really is. This is truly love in all sense of things. It isn't always comfortable for me to tell people what Christ said because People do walk out of your life. You do lose friends. 
You do lose people who you think was going to ride with you to the end. But make no mistake, this is, this is the walk of a believer. Jesus Christ told the disciples, the multitude of disciples that was with him, he said, you have to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And they said to him, this is too hard. Who can accept these teachings? And the Bible says many of them turned and did not walk with him anymore. When he went to the cross, every disciple left. Peter denied him three times. So yes, it's it's not uh, as um, appeasing as it is to the flesh, as it may appear to be when you tell the truth, when you tell people to repent. When I was told I need to repent from things, and when I'm told that I'm not, even to this day, living uh, or walking in the way that I should, it doesn't feel good to hear it. Because obviously, if you've walked outside of the will of God, then that means you're walking to appease the flesh. And that flesh has to be offended for you to get back into the will of God. But here's the big kicker to all this. Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples. And one of the biggest piece to making disciples was he told people to repent, which means to turn away from the things that will not be in heaven. Doesn't mean ask for forgiveness. It says turn away. That's what repentance is. A change of heart for those uh, sins. But here's what I love so much about this. If you don't tell someone the sin that they're doing, then how will they know to repent? They have to be told that what is being done is a sin that you need to repent from in order for them to turn away. There's no other way around it. You just can't walk around telling people to repent. This is why Christ didn't just walk around telling people to repent. He told parables. And within those parables, it identified the sins that people had. The sins of the heart and the sins of the flesh. So when we look at how Jesus moved through his ministry, did he sit amongst people who were sinners and tax collectors? Absolutely. Did he condemn anyone? Of course he did not. Did he show love? Of course he showed love. And how did he show it? Through telling them the absolute truth. He didn't wait on the right moment to break the news to them. They weren't walking around trying to get to know Jesus. And he's like, okay, I think you guys understand who I am. Now let me tell you that if you don't repent, you're going to go to everlasting contempt. His whole ministry was speaking truth to people that was not always accepted. Or oftentimes the Bible says that they marveled. They were surprised. They were shocked. And they couldn't grab what he was saying. Very, very important for us to realize in this season. You know, me being uh, booted off of LinkedIn again because I shared what is clearly in the Bible is an expectation. 
LinkedIn and all these other social media platforms, they don't belong to God. This is why Jesus said, don't love the things of the world or the world itself. He said, because if none of it's from the Father, all this comes from Satan. So if you share what Christ said, you should expect to be kicked off. You should expect to be banned, censored, blocked, or whatever the case may be. It should be no surprise there. But some people are surprised. And, you know, I was I was given some like coaching tips, if you will, or how I should better uh, share things to the crowd. And, you know, I, I would I would accept that and agree with it if it was something that Christ didn't do. But we are to walk as he walked. We are to do what he did. We are to have the same mind that Christ had. We're not going to perfect it. We're not going to carry this cross without falling short of the glory of God. However, uh, before we deviate from what we're doing, we need to make sure that it is not uh, in line with Christ. And we're not out to please the world. That's that's what we have to understand. True love isn't about pleasing uh, anyone. True love is about pleasing the father. Because when you look at the world today, if you're out trying to please the world, you're going to have a hard problem, a hard time. It's going to be very difficult. Even though they overturn Roe versus Wade when it comes to child abortions, there are still states that support it. In fact, there's a lot of companies now, um, sadly, but yet prophetically, there's a lot of companies who are paying uh, mothers to, to go get abortions. They're giving them five or, or is it 4,000 or more uh, travel expense to go get an abortion? And, you know, that's accepted in society now. But if you come out and say something against it, um, you know, if you start speaking the truth, the fact that, you know, one of those uh, things that God hate was uh, those who shed the, hand, uh, the hands that shed uh, innocent blood, then... You know, you, you've offended people and, and you're not apparently talking about love. You're being hateful. So we have to really understand this and expect to be persecuted and expect to um, be disrespected. Expect that people are going to walk away from us. They're not going to always agree. If everybody agree with you and what you're doing, then, you know, you got a problem. It's a, it's a, it's an issue. He said, not only will uh, you be offended, will people be offended? He also said that you know, a brother will betray brother. He's not talking about siblings. He's talking about uh, the brothers in the faith. And, and you see that more and more. People who say they believe are 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 more concerned about what it looks like according to the world rather than what. It looks like according to the word of God. The true love in the day is about making the sacrifice to tell the truth, even when it's not accepted. And of course, when it's not comfortable, when it's not appeasing and it doesn't feel good. And as the world continues to grow towards accepting wickedness, the truth will be more and more hated. And if you bring the truth, 
You are the messenger. You will be hated just as much as, as the truth is. Jesus said the uh, a servant is not above the master. If they uh, persecuted him, they hated him, they're going to hate and persecute you too. But I'd rather be accepted by the one who can validate, vet, and stand on your behalf on the way to heaven than to be accepted by anyone else who has no right to stand on your behalf on judgment day. So let's walk in what love really represents, what it truly is, and be courageous to speak exactly what Christ said and how he said it. And if we're hated, so be it. Blessed are those who are reviled. Well, those who are persecuted for my name's sake is what Jesus Christ said. He said, because great is your reward in heaven. There's nothing on this earth that can compare to what God has for us who are willing to walk in the will fearlessly under persecution and, and what this world has to offer. Nothing. Nothing can compare. And I'm excited about that because when I look around the world today, everything uh, that once looked to be somewhat decent is going away. Jesus Christ said it. He said all this stuff's going away. Nothing is going to. None of this stuff is going to hold up because it's not true. The only thing that that won't fall apart is the Word of God and the Church, the chosen. Gates of hell should not prevail. And and and, and His Word will stand into the end. That's it, and we see that today. We look at America and, and the Constitution and what people uh, believe it stood for, what they said it stood for, that's going away. You know, day by day, it's all falling apart. So it is the best time to be, as Christ said, walking in his love. And that is keeping his commands. That is So that way we can not only have the joy of Christ, our joy is full. In the, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of the storm, our joy is full. No way else to have. I don't care what kind of 401k you got, what kind of pension investments, mutual funds, uh, securities, insurance, how well your job is and how thriving the company is doing. The only thing that's going to sustain a believer in this season and cause us to thrive is the joy of Christ. And we can't have that if we don't walk in his love. And to walk in his love is to obey his commands. And one of his commands, go make disciples. Fear not. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean out to your own understanding. He gave several. Through him, through his ministry, and through the life of the uh, uh, the first disciples, that's that's true love. That is what love really represents: making that sacrifice and not appeasing the crowd. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that you've given us, the life that you've given us, that uh, the great word that you provided for us from Genesis to Revelation, uh, being, being able to see the truth 
unfold before our eyes, seeing the lies being cast down. We know that in this season, regardless of how dark it is, all we have to do is walk in your word, walk in your will, obey your commands, stand on your truth, and we will see not only victory in this life, but victory in everlasting life. We give you the glory and the honor. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.